Welcome to the Find Your Fabulous podcast. If you're not sure what it is to find your fabulous, then keep listening. My name is Alice Miriam Andriot, and I help business owners, entrepreneurs, professionals, and coaches find their fabulous, embrace their fabulous, and share their fabulous with the world. I am very excited today for a couple of reasons. The first reason is because I have my first podcast guest. Did you know that you are my first guest? <laughs> this is yes, you are my first guest. So, and I'm excited because we are talking to King Ya, who is a body engineer and LBGTQ plus and anyone who identifies as a woman health coach. And so welcome, King Ya. I am so happy to have you um, on the show today. And I would really just love for you um, to tell all of us a little bit more about what you do. Sure. Okay. Um, I am, like you said, a body engineer. Most people are not familiar with the, the term. And I help people to... Um, to maintain their the functionality of their body, basically. So something like a movement specialist. Yeah, so however, so I use my background. My, my background is in training and personal training as well as corrective exercises and with um, in body work. So as a queer person myself, um, I've kind of moved into the area of really focusing on the health and wellness of queer people, trans, gender non-conforming people. And I've also expanded on that to, to be a health coach as well. So um, when I speak about being a body engineer, I help people who have postural problems, um, who have movement issues, whatever that might be. Um, a lot of things that I've been working with now surround around people who are um, probably like pre and post um, top surgery, so that's where people are transitioning from um, from female to male, or else there's masculine off-center people, um, trans people who have not done any sort of body work as far as um, surgeries, as well as um, gender non-conforming people as well, who do who practice chest binding, um, and that is wearing our compression garment um, in order for the, the parents to have a flat chest. So again, my work is, is kind of getting more specific um, because I've, I've found that there's a need for it. And also just realizing that there's a lot of people who are um, not going for healthcare and not perhaps you know, addressing health issues because of perhaps not feeling that their body is gonna be taken care of um, without being harassed or being discriminated against um, by going to um, a lot of healthcare um, places. So <laughs> it's a very long answer, but that's yeah. how it is a very, very long answer. But yeah, there's just, there's just a, definitely a need for it and for the services that I offer. Um, and yeah, and I really, I ultimately, I mean, I just want people to be moving and functioning and living in the, in their bodies in the best, in the best way possible. So yeah, that's what my work um, surrounds. Yeah. Yeah, you know, that's, it's amazing what you do. I love what you're doing. And I have to say that that's the, the feeling uncomfortable in a doctor's office mm -hmm. is, I think it's so widespread now. 
right? Yes. Because there's a lot of body shaming and um, especially for children. Oh, for years, I was so uncomfortable taking my daughter um, to the doctor's office. Um, she's beautiful. She's healthy. But they would constantly talk to her about her weight because of BMI. And it was really uncomfortable for us to be there. And it really bothered her a lot. And and that's been like debunked for so long now. And she was young, developing, developing human being. And, and she did not need that. And the way they handle it sometimes, I know people have great experiences, but I know people who just have horrible experiences in doctor's offices. And um, it's hard to find someone that you feel like you can trust Right. And that will make you feel safe and comfortable with just who you are. Right. Right. And which is also a part of um, my interest in um, the work that I do is surrounding or around um, surrounding just that, you know, that there isn't one form of fitness. There's not one ideal um, model of what fitness looks like or what health looks like. Right, and I find that it's quite problematic when we have young beings being told that there's something wrong with their body, right? And mm-hmm. especially, especially, so you're going to be getting in social settings as far as schools um, and friends and, and whatnot. But if you're having somebody that you're going to that is a professional, and a lot of times, I mean, I've, I've known from experience where a lot of people are going to the doctors about, say something about their toe, <laughs> you know, something, random like their toe and the first thing that the doctor says you need to lose some weight <laughs> right <laughs> so they're not going mm-hmm. to them anything but the doctor is using every opportunity you know to talk about weight right and mm-hmm. I mean, yeah it's the saddest thing that a lot of health professionals not just doctors um it's not just your regular gp that is right right we have professionals across the board who um, unfortunately, I don't really think that they're getting up-to-date information. Like, I, I, you know, you know what? I think right. that's true, too. I think it yeah. takes a long time for information and then implementation to, to sort of trickle down to that level. But yeah. then these they've been practicing for medicine for how long, and mm-hmm. they have habits, right? So even when the information gets to them, they, mm-hmm. they, may, not, they may choose not to deal with it. And I think that a lot of don't have bedside manners as well, yeah. right? <laughs> like really and truly, a lot just really don't. I mean, they're they're professionals. They've they've gained their um, academic. You know what I mean? They've they've done the the studying, and they have perhaps years of experience, and they really don't really feel they need to do much more than that. They be, they believe they bring in everything that is necessary to the table, even though they have absolutely no bedside table um, bedside manner. And the people who are they're serving are not actually safe, right? They're not yeah. safe because they're going to be feeling like how are they going to feel? And are they going to feel that this is a person who they can trust as being a part of their wellness team, right? So people are now only going to see um, health healthcare professionals when they really, really are in dire illness, right? Mm-hmm. And preferably you want to have a relationship with, and again, across the board, what these healthcare professionals are with them when you're in a wellness state, so you're maintaining wellness, right? And wellness, again, 
should be something that we should be entrusting individuals to start thinking about what does wellness mean to you as an individual, right? And you can always learn that at a very young age, right? So mm-hmm. all as a young person not to trust that because now they're not going to want to go because they're getting these messages that there's something wrong with their body, right? So at what point are they going to start feeling comfortable to say, you know what, um, I'm feeling something in my body. I'm not able to place what this is. And I would actually like to have a healthcare professional guide me to meeting me where I'm at and getting me to a place where I know where I feel at ease and well in my body. So yeah, it's, it's a huge problem. So I mean, yeah, so while my work is um, specifically um, for queer and trans and gender non-conform. This is really people. This is mm-hmm. people concerns, right? And um, I, I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to say that the healthcare prof- um, professional that they're all rubbish. <laughs> However, <they're> definitely, <laughs> there's definitely there's a lot of rub. There's a lot of rubbish out there, but not necessarily across the board. I totally understand what you're saying. <laughs> But it's not my position either that I, that I feel I need to defend anyone, right? The only right. people who I have to, right, I'm not doing that either, right? My intention is to make sure that people have, especially as a, as a health coach, to help people to feel empowered to be able to take care of their wellness, you know, to, to hold that as, as something valuable and to have the, to be, have, the, have the intuition, to trust their intuition right mm-hmm. that they know what is best for their body right so if a doctor is saying or whoever it is is telling them to do, especially it could be a pilates class right there's a lot of people who are getting injured in pilates classes because the pilates instructors tell them to do something that they know intuitively that is not meant for their body <laughs> it's just not meant right. for it. right so you know so just to ignite that that people are able to trust that voice that's telling them whatever it is about their body so yeah yeah. yeah, it's when it comes to um, how we feel about ourselves, I often say that um, we are our own worst critics mm-hmm. and we we will tear ourselves apart. And when you have um, professionals in right. a system that are mm-hmm. adding to that, that I mean, just the the state of your emotional and your mental health can affect your physical health. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And how Definitely. you, and how you think about taking care of yourself. So how do you, how do you deal with that um, within the people that you're working with? Yeah, that's a tough one, right? Because for many reasons, right? So um, we have a lot of people who are um, who are not feeling happy with their bodies because their body does not match their gender identity, right? So there's that issue, right? Yes. So that's a huge one. Um, so how do you tell somebody, you know, so I, there's the buzzwords right now about um, body love and body acceptance, mm-hmm. right? How does that play out for somebody who feels that the body that they're in is totally not in alignment with their gender identity, for an example, right? So there's that, there's that problem, right? Right, Um, that's a big one. That's a big one. And then we also have, you know, you brought up about, you know, um, about us being our our worst enemies. And Mm -hmm. if you think about children, children don't come into this world 
critiquing themselves. They don't come they into don't. this world. No, this is socialization, right? And that's a huge problem that by the time, usually by the time a child enters school, that is when they're first confronted with the reality that everybody out there believes that there's something wrong with their body, really, right? Because children mm -hmm. wake up, actually, I have three children of my own, they get up, they first thing they do, they get up, they want to do, they do the things that, they, you know, they move their body and whatever it is, they want to go out and play. That's their relationship with their body is doing the things that they want to do. It doesn't cross their mind about the, whether it's too fat, too thin, too anything, <laughs> or what it looks like. They don't, it never crosses their mind, never. Mm -hmm. Until somebody points out this, 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 and this. Or else, and sometimes they get in the messages from their parents who are also doing these things of where they're getting the messages and hearing. And for a child, it's very complex as well too, because most children believe that their parents, especially their mothers, are the most beautiful person on earth. <laughs> it's usually yes. the way. Right? My children, all of my children have at one time or another asked me to marry them. So yes, they and told me yeah. that exactly, that I was you know, the most beautiful person in the world. Absolutely. Right. So how is it that the person who they believe to be the most beautiful person, um, how is that, how does that, how does that message go when they're hearing the person they believe to, they believe to be the most beautiful person sitting there um, critiquing themselves and holding on to, you know, which is a huge problem where we have usually women who are squeezing, crunching their sides and, you know, the, the disgust that they have, that they're explicitly <laughs> putting out there mm -hmm. that with all these different parts of them, right? So what yeah. are the values, right? What are the values that are, are that we're teaching our children? And then, like yeah. I said, also going to school with the mean kids. And, and, yeah, you know. exactly. You know, right. I tried, I was very aware of that. My first child um, was a daughter and then I have two sons. And I was really aware of that with my daughter more so than with my sons, but it's still, it's still a concern for me. And my daughter is um, 19 now, but when she was young, I grew up very critical of my body. And I have, I had many, many issues with that. And I knew when I had her that I had to find a way to get past it or at least hide it from her in a way that it would not be transferred to her. And yeah. so I was always, I never made a big deal about, um, about my body in any way. I never, um, I didn't hide myself if I wasn't dressed. I could walk through the house naked and I would just be, it's no big deal, right? Yeah. Like there's no shame in, in my body, all the lumps and bumps and stretch marks or whatever's there, it's yeah. fabulous just how it is. Mm -hmm. And I would try to keep very aware of that. And when she would talk about um, whether she looked good or anything in that way, that was more about her physical appearance. I would try to say, well, how do you feel? Do you feel good? Right. You know, like I would, I would try to take it away from that a little bit. And same thing with my boys. I, I don't try to, um, to put any focus on physical appearance to me. It's all about how do you feel and making choices that feel good. Those were always the, the two things that I tried to focus on for them 
because I think you're so right. The influence of parents and society and sometimes and we, and I don't think most parents do it, you know, like in a, they're, they're not being um, negative about it, right there. It's not their intention. It's just a matter of needing more education on how that affects you um, and how you feel about yourself long-term. Mm-hmm. And as an adult, that's a, that's a big deal. It is a lot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it is a lot. Yeah. So with that, I mean, like, yeah, I think that personally, I think that it'd be really great if we start shifting, shifting the conversations around from how people look, <laughs> you, mm-hmm. know, I, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a huge one, you know, from how people are, Yes, yes, yes. It's still on. It didn't end. It didn't end on my end. You just popped off. <laughs> okay. All right. Yes. Yeah. As they're saying that, I think that it'd be really great to have different conversations. You know, I think if we had different conversations about um, when we're talking about somebody who, even someone who you might be interested in, or or whatever it is, we have a conversation. So, what is that? Per- what do you like about that person? Like, how do they make you feel? What do you know what I mean? What kind of conversations are you having? What are your points of you know of of connection, you know, um, and moving away from this thing that we have no control over that has something to do with genetics that has something to do with all these things that we didn't actually contribute anything to. <laughs> we had exactly. no, power, you know, who our parents are about a lot of different things, you know, um, and start having, I mean, you know, we waste a lot of our time talking about food shaming and body shaming. Uh all sorts of things that, um, yeah, I just think that there's so much better usage of our life, you know, and mm-hmm. just people who are making money who are, you know, off of our insecurities, right? And Very true. Right. So, I mean, there's so many components to it, which I, I, I could speak about forever, but I just really want people to, you know, ultimately I want them to move and function and feel better in their bodies, right? And yeah, I mean, it, I could, there's a lot of other parts, the components to it, but our mental health depends on it. We have so many other things that are external to us that we need to deal with, right? And we need to equip ourselves so that physically we're able to do these things, we're able to do the things we enjoy, never mind yes. to have resilience to, um, to manage all the obstacles that are out there. But we just really want to... Um, yeah, we want to have a we want to have long, as healthy as possible, meaningful lives, um, being with the people who matter to us, engaging with them in ways that are important to us. And how can we do that? You know, how can we do that regardless of what our body looks like, or even even regardless of what our abilities are? You know, so mm-hmm. we're still, you know, this is the body. Okay, so now how are we going to make sure that for as long as we're here, <laughs> we can do the things that we want to do, engage with the people in the ways that, that matter to us. So, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I, I mean, I, even though I'm not, I think coaches in general, I think coaches in the health industry in business, because that's what I do. There is still, there is a lot of mental and emotional um, coaching that happens in that area and hopefully in a positive way, because, you know, my whole thing is 
being fabulous, right? Because everybody is fabulous and helping people get over, especially being on camera and worried about how they look or being judged from others. And it's, it's, it's a process to help people get past that because, you know, I really, I feel the same way. I want people to just be able to live their best life, to be able to, to work and build their businesses, to do whatever it is they want to do with and feel good about doing it, right? Find a way to just really feel good and enjoy what you're doing. Enjoy your life, enjoy your business and, and just love it. And then have that impact on somebody else's life too, right? Just keep that, that chain going of just feel good about, about who you are and what you do. And it has a ripple effect, right? I mean, there's Mm -hmm. only so much that we can do as a one person, but when we are, killing it in our own lives, whatever mm-hmm. that means, that ripples out, you know? So yeah, we don't have to be these nasty, horrible people because yeah, you know, we are, we're living our best lives, our best lives. And that's the best thing that we can contribute to, you know, to the world actually. It, it, I think I, I fully believe that too. And it does. And you can do that you know, one person at a time, one conversation at a time, you can continue to grow that because that's, I think that that's really powerful. And the more people that you have that have that vision, that feel that power, that even, even just to help that one person or have that impact for them, that's a big deal. That's a big deal. Cause there's a lot of people who don't think about that and don't want to have an impact. So right. if you are a person that wants that, it, that's a big deal. So can you tell us, tell everybody how, how we can find you? Well, my website is um, www.kingya, that's king as in king, um, yeah, Y-A-A dot Z-A. I am in South Africa, so that is the domain that they use there, use here. And on Facebook and on Instagram, I am Ms. M.S. Kingya on both okay. Facebook and Instagram. Yes. Okay. Fantastic. So this is really great. Thank you so much for being my very first guest and uh, for talking with me uh, about this really important topic. I hope we can um, spread some fabulousness and some feel goodness around to others and uh, anybody that might be struggling with any of these issues. I would just encourage them uh, to reach out to King Ya and um, and find their happiness and what feels good to them for their health and and just living their best life and doing what they want to do. Yes, yes, exactly. Thank you. Thank you. And we will see you next time. Okay. Bye. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you. Thanks. And that was our first guest episode on the fabulous podcast. If you would like to be a guest on the Find Your Fabulous podcast, then do reach out to me and let me know. I would love to talk to you. And one last time, thank you so much to our special guest, King Ya. And the details where you can find King Ya are right up above in the description. So do do check that out. And until next time, stay fabulous.